And it's Thursday. Good afternoon. Welcome to this live edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Always a pleasure to get together with you, friend, no matter where you are right now, what you're doing. We're glad to have you along listening to the quality Bible teaching on Bot Radio Network. And this is our local program, Mid-South Viewpoint, where we get to express all kinds of wonderful things that God's up to in our city. Sometimes we bring you other things not totally related to the city, but other places that we go from time to time. I'll be going to Branson in October, doing some live shows from there to let your family know about ways you can vacation in the Branson area and have a great time. So we do things like that and even go to Israel. We'll be going back to Israel in October with Bot Radio Network, and I'm sure there'll be some other special shows on Mid-South Viewpoint as a result of that. But today we're excited to have a longtime friend of mine, Sean Abram, is the pastor of the Binghampton Community Church. We're going to introduce him in just a second. Before we do, let's say hi to our Facebook friends. We are live on Facebook, too, and it's Byron Tyler on Facebook, so you can go to Byron Tyler if you want to see what we look like. You'll know why I am in radio and not television when you see my face. But seriously, we're glad to have you here on this uh, Thursday afternoon. We have a 50% chance of showers tonight and on Friday, an 80% chance on Saturday, a 90% chance on Sunday. Scattered showers this afternoon, 86 degrees. Some of that is the remnants of hurricane or tropical storm Gordon that's made its way through the Gulf Coast. Thankfully, a minimal damage and things, but we're here and might be getting some rain. We need some rain. Really, it would be good to have a little bit of rain. You know, there's an Arab proverb, too much sunshine makes a desert. So we do have to have some rain from time to time. But as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, Sean Abram is a pastor. He represents pastors all over the Memphis area. We want to invite you, pastor, if you're listening, or if you know a pastor, if you uh, have a friend that's a pastor, to our Pastors Appreciation Luncheon. This is a free event to honor our pastors, and you're encouraged on October the 2nd. That is the day, October the 2nd, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. That is where the event is taking place. Special guest speaker is Kerry Casey. He's the CEO of Championship Fathering. He has written a book called Championship Fathering, How to Win at Being a Dad. Uh, also includes practical application, providing an excellent resource for small group training. Kerry's coming. I've met him personally. He is a great, dynamic speaker and will bring a good word to our pastors. The food is phenomenal. You're going to be really blown away, Pastor, by the whole event. We've got some giveaways. We're giving away trips. We've got some giveaway trips to Branson, and I don't know where else we're going, but it's going to be a great day to honor our pastors in the area. So you're encouraged to go to botradionetwork.com, and I think it's forward slash Memphis. And if you do that, you will be able to register for this free event. But please hurry and do that for this October the 2nd event, again, from 11 to 1 at Mid-America Theological Seminary. That's the location. We try to find a different location every year. They have been gracious to sponsor that this year. So anyway, more details forthcoming. Sean, good to see you, brother. God bless you. We first met a few years back. You and Eric Watkins together, the dynamic duo in ministry, and both of you are going strong for Christ in many ways in our community, and God bless you and your family. Actually, as we do this live show on Facebook, your daughter, Otis' daughter, Michaela, I can't believe she's about as tall as you are right now. She is producing a little video while we do our show today, so it's good to have Michaela in the studio and bring family into the environment here. Glad to have you, brother. 
Brother, we really appreciate you and uh, just what you guys uh, do here uh, for our city. By God's grace, uh, we just want to see his name to be uh, known, you know, to God be the glory. So thank you guys for how you're doing that here and how we can continue to do that in Binghamton. Well, you contacted me recently, and you shared that you wanted to bring a story, a life story, to our audience. And after you told me about it, I said, we definitely want to do this. We had it scheduled, and I got ill, and we had to reschedule. I apologize for that, but thank you for being patient with me, and we're getting back together to do the show. But before we get into details of our topic, why don't we share a little bit about your calling to the Binghampton community? Because I remember growing up as a little boy, my mom worked for the Sears company, the one over on Crosstown, which now has been transformed into a a wonderful complex, a Sears concourse building with multiple things happening, restaurants and schools. And my mom used to work there, you know, but on Broad Street, which is the kind of the main drag through Binghampton community, was uh, another Sears outlet. Trucks would pull up and haul merchandise out of there. So I remember the neighborhood as a child, but it's been quite transformed over the years. That's where Binghampton Community Church is located. Yes, sir. Uh, It was back in 2007 that we linked up with uh, Germantown Baptist Church, uh, and we were going to uh, just different places within the city, uh, South Memphis, North Memphis, Frazier, you know, to share the gospel and uh, turn those converts over to local pastors. So we'll blitz the area for about two weeks for the cause of Christ. And during that time, uh, they approached me about church planning, and, um, and I prayed about it, my wife and I, and we just felt, uh, you know, God just uh, tugging at our hearts to be in Binghampton. Uh, so we moved there in uh, 2008. Originally, I'm originally from South Haven, Mississippi, but we moved there in 2008. And the first worship service was 2009. And, brother, we have been in the beautiful grind of ministry uh, ever since, you know, for the glory of God. Hey, man, I appreciate that. I'm just always excited to be with you, brother. Just your excitement for Christ and the humility that you show to see transformation in our city. Did you grow up here in the Memphis area originally? Yeah, I grew up in uh, South Haven, Mississippi, which is the Mid-South area. So about 30 minutes from where I stay now. Okay. You and your wife, Mary. By the way, Mary is watching on Facebook. Hi, Mary. She said hi a moment ago. We also have some other friends. Pastor uh, Andrew Smith. I don't know if you know Pastor Andrews. He's a good friend of mine, probably yours too. And uh, he's standing by on Facebook watching. Others uh, are, are there. Uh, Jesse Poole uh, with Binghampton Community Church is Yes, this is my sister-in-law. Your sister-in-law, she's yeah. hanging. She's hanging on tight too. Right. So we're glad to have all of our Facebook listeners, and if you want to make the hearts go up and the thumbs or whatever makes the excitement for this show on live on Facebook, please share that and also uh, share the program as we're making it happen today here on Bot Radio. But. Sean, you shared with me about a dear lady in your church, Carol Brown, who, by the way, Carol's here right now. Carol, good to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Appreciate you coming by. But you shared with me a story that I think that really our listeners need to hear. They need to lean into and and hear the story. But I tell you, before we kind of move that way, would you lead us in prayer and just call this uh, as a time for the Lord to do what he wants to do in our time this afternoon? All right, and I just want all of us, uh, just quickly, about 30 seconds, uh, just uh, just go to God, God right now with a, a heart of repentance, all right, just to draw close to Him, because when we draw close to God, He draws near to us, so a heart of repentance, also a heart of uh, forgiveness. If there's anyone uh, that, uh, that's, you know, that you need to forgive uh, at this time, do that, and we're just going to take a moment of just repentance, 
uh, just want to hear uh, the, the glory of God and for his name's sake and for our city's sake and for our country right now, we just want to go to God and press. So just take uh, 15 seconds now uh, to, to do that heart to heart with God. And Father, we do thank you for the opportunity to share life transformed through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we know there is no other hope or no other way besides the gift that you've provided in Christ. And thank you that it's a gift that's received by faith. Thank you. It's no works in our own efforts, Lord, totally by your grace that we can come into your presence through Christ. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Carol Brown, you grew up here in Memphis, is that right? Went to Vance High School, and you said you went to another school too, I believe. Yes, sir. So give me a little bit of story. Tell me about life growing up for you in Memphis. Tell me something about your family. Well, when I was uh, staying, uh, I didn't know Jesus as my Lord, my personal Lord and Savior, but uh, my daughter always was telling me about Jesus, and I was just living hopeless, doing my own thing, and I, I knew I needed Jesus' forgiveness, his salvation, and I came to uh, to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. When you say hopeless, Miss Carol, what exactly did that look like for you? Just usually, I was just dead in my sins, just doing what I wanted to do, trying to find satisfaction and and means and and other things, and it just didn't. I just I wasn't satisfied at all. Yeah, and you you have how many children? I have five now. Five children. Let's say on the on the front end of the show, Sean, and anytime you want to just jump in here, feel free. We want to pay tribute today to the life of your son Diego, and let this show. Be that to him today, okay? Amen. Be a tribute to his life, just what we're going to share today. And Diego and your children, where does he fit in? Is he the oldest, the youngest, or where was he? Well, he was next to my uh, other son. I have another one at home. He's 18. Diego was 17 years old. 17 years old. Tell me about some of the things that his interest and the likes that he did when he was a little boy. Well, he used to like to flip. Um, he liked to play games, and he was interested in football and, and all other things like that. Yeah. And uh, Sean, tell me about some of your experience with Diego. Uh, yeah, Diego. Uh, I know we've we he was a he was a he was a he was a, a good kid in his own way, so to speak. Uh, he was a leader, uh, but we've I know we spent you know some some prayer filled you know days uh, for Diego and his heart and his heart for Christ and you know and and the some of the troubles that you know that he went through throughout the community so uh but just overall he was very respectful you know to me and to you know to you know my family and uh but yeah and carol what were some of the struggles do you feel that diego was facing most in in his life that- oh um he was he 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 joined the gang uh he got called up and getting in trouble back in and out in juvenile court it was hard and it was a struggle for him yeah and I guess a struggle for you too as yes, his mom. Yes, it I was. mean, you know, yes, it's, it's kind of the harder part is being a parent sometimes, isn't yes, it? And having to yes. see your kids go through their struggles and you want to help them. And it looks like, I guess, Sean, sometimes peer pressure is really powerful, you know? Yeah, a lot of that. And just a, just a, a quick story about who he, you know, who he is real fast. I, I remember it was one night. Um, you know, a bunch of kids in the neighborhood that were popping uh, firecrackers, and and uh, my wife couldn't sleep, I couldn't sleep, so uh, I, I got up and we went outside, and I walked up the street, and 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 I, and I saw Diego was there, and then some more kids were there, and I was like, "Look, guys, we're trying to sleep. Can you please stop? You know, just popping the firecrackers. You know, I don't do that all the time, but this time we went up there and we asked them to, to stop popping those firecrackers." And uh, and it was like okay okay and I, when I was walking back to my house, uh, someone of course lit another firecracker and popped it on my way down. So I turned back around to go back up to these group of teenagers, and he was like, "Hold up, Pastor Sean, wait 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 wait, 
don't don't worry about it. Go just go ahead and go. And uh, I, I turned back around. I didn't hear not one firecracker for the rest of that <laughs> night to, to to know you know what type of person that he was. Even though he was caught up in some you know some of the things he was caught up in, uh, but uh, he was still a, a respectful. For the most part, respectful young man. Yes. As you would talk to, I'm sure he would come in at nights or, you know, times. What what was some of the conversation you would have with him, Miss Carol? Well, I used to um, I used to get them all the time by being late coming in the house, but they didn't do no good. But I, I stayed praying, staying uh, praying for Diego uh, all the time. I mean, I, I kept praying for him, believe what God can do, and he just saw Jesus in me. And how I used to, how I used to bring people to my house like boys. I used to feed them. I used to always share the love of Jesus. And he just saw Christ in me. He always said, "Mama, pray for me, pray for me." And I always kept you no know, praying for him. And I didn't want, I wasn't gonna give up on my son. No, no parent shun does, do they? I mean, when they see their child struggling, even when they get far away from God, we're right there. You know, typically, I mean, we've all been, and parents have been, you know, usually in some places with our kids we don't like to be. We pray a lot for our kids, and so you probably see a lot of parents in places like that. I do, and and that's why uh, I understand even as a parent or a pastor that the only way that any of us can uh, survive the trauma and the brokenness that any of us see each and every day is because of uh, Christ in us. This is what I've learned, that only that's the only way that I can do this day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, with the heart that God would have me to have. The only way I can do that is that Christ is doing it through me. All right, when you think about Galatians 2.20, that, uh, you know, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, I live, yet not I, but the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the only way that you can uh, live out this Christian life, especially being on the front lines where we are in being Hampton. So God has shown me that, and that's the encouragement that we bring to, uh, you know, mothers who have lost sons or brothers who have, like, lost his brother or family members that have been through traumatic situations. Uh, man, you know, a lot of times on a daily basis since they were small. Yes. So, uh, you know, so these are some things that, you know, that we all learn. It's Christ in us. Of course, you mentioned being Hampton and other areas. It can be callable. It doesn't matter where. We hear stories of crime and things that happened. Report the other night, there were some people that were shot, I think, in the Binghampton community. And sometimes we see it in other places. You know, and this is a thing, uh, sadly enough, our city is reaped with high levels of crime, you know. And the church has a really great opportunity, don't you think? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. I think uh, it is time for every believer uh, to say, Lord, here I am. And uh, you and me. Uh, use me, all right, by your grace. How can I reach my neighbor? How can I reach my friend? You know, uh, God, I know I can't do it on my own, but uh, you can do this through me because, you know, some of the things that we're seeing, man, it's, it's not, it's, it, it's, it's, it isn't normal. Like, uh, you know, and, and we can become numb to it, even the people within our community, but also I can become numb, you know, because when we first moved to Binghamton, you know, I heard the, the gunshots and our, you know, I would pray for, you know, whatever happened at that time, but over time, time I had become so numb to it, it it became normal and say if I'm eating my cereal and and now I hear gunshots and the spoon doesn't even pause yeah 
And yeah. Can you pass the you know the grits or whatever? Uh, so you can, you can become numb, and that's a lot of times where people are, and that's why we need to uh, to be sensitive to you know what God is doing, and don't allow our hearts to harden you know with the brokenness around yes. us because God has called us to do something about it. And Sean, you and Mary, your wife, you have of course Michaela's here doing the video in the studio while we're here live today, and she's the oldest. And how many more children do you have? I have uh, I have four in all. I have uh, Michaela, Isaac, Grayson, uh, David. Uh, 14, 13, 11, no, 14, 12, 11, and 9. Some would say, hey, you know what? I've got to move my family to a safer place. I've got to get out of a place like being Hampton, you know? So tell me, why is the Abram family planted where you are? And I remember when we first moved there, uh, of course, looking from the outside, looking in, it seems different. Well, you know, once you see stuff on the news, and you know, I'm from North Mississippi, so uh, but I, I know that, you know, when I was praying and God was just, you know, burdening, burdening our hearts to be there. Uh, I remember it was just a, just a, a, a urging of my heart and just, you know, not a verbal, uh, you know, voice, but I could just, you know, just that's the still soft uh, voice, so to speak, of the king. Uh, when I was praying about moving, he was like, uh, he was like, Sean, you be you will be better off in being Hampton in my will than uh, here in South Haven outside of my will. So really, by his grace, I didn't have a choice, and that's okay uh, because, uh, you know, he was going to take care of me anyway. So once I got there, I realized that, man, it's not as bad as I thought it was because we have a lot of good people in being Hampton that are yes. walking forward, that are doing things, that have uh, gifts and talents to offer the community. But we do have, you know, difficulties within our area. And it was one thing that, that cleared that up for me. I remember when we first moved to Binghamton, right, my youngest, my oldest girl was like four at that time, and I had, you know, two others and one on the way, and he was right there. And uh, they didn't know that we've moved from South Haven, Mississippi, uh, to Binghamton. I remember I remember the first night we were there, I saw him running around, I saw him playing, laughing, uh, and I re- and God just spoke to my heart and just, just urged my heart again, and, uh, and he was saying that, you know, as long as I, Mary and I was there, that that uh, they would be fine. So as long as he's there, I'll be fine. We'll be fine. Miss Carol, you talked about praying for Diego, your son, and being broken over the fact that he was caught up in the gang activity. Can you take us back to that morning? I think it was a Sunday morning that Pastor Sean was telling me that Diego, and his, was it his girlfriend that came to church and joined you at church that Sunday? Mm-hmm. This Sunday, he was uh, he was telling Mama, I'm, uh, I'm going to go to church. Uh, he said, I'm uh, I'm coming to church, Mama. And I said, well, come on then. And he, he found he came because I always try to get him to come to church. He didn't not coming to church, but I think it's about the grace of God that God drew Diego to that church that day. He came on. I thought he wasn't going to come, but he came in that door, and I said, Lord, hallelujah. He came and walked in in that church. I was so thankful and, gr- and grateful that he came to church. Did he sit next to you? No, he sat in the back of me. Oh, Him and said, his girlfriend <laughs> sat in the back of me. They sat behind they you. They sat right behind Sean, me. Sean, you were preaching that Sunday when he came in, right? No, we actually had a guest preacher, a uh, seminary student from New York that came down, so he was preaching uh, on that on that day. But at the end of the service, something special happened, I believe. Carol, you want to tell us about that? Yes. Um, Pastor Sean was up there, you no know, preaching. He, he, he's saying, you no, know, anybody want to get a heart to Christ? And I will never forget that day. They go looked at me. He put his hand on my shoulder. He said, Mommy's too late. And I said, Baby, it's never too late to get your heart to Christ. He got on up there. 
and went to Pastor Sean, and he told Pastor, I want to give my heart to Christ. But let me say this real fast. Even before that, because when I gave that uh, invitation, even before Diego came, my heart was you know, it was heavy because of the amount of people that were in there. And I said, man, I worked so hard here. And, and so my heart was at, in the wrong, you know, place. But when I saw Diego uh, come in, I was excited. I was like, man, we've been praying for Diego. Yes. And at the end, when I gave that invitation, no one came. So I was telling everybody to, to, to stand up because we were finna go. And that's when Diego came because that was after, you know, he tapped his mom because no one came and yes. he thought it was too late. So when I was telling everybody to stand, he tapped his mom on the leg, saying, Mom, is it too late? Is it too late? Is it too late? And that's when he came. Wow. Miss Carol, it's never too late. We might have somebody listening right now that feels like they've gotten so far away from God. God can never forgive them. God can never accept them into his presence. But it's never too late, is it? It's never too late to give your heart to Christ. He's a forgiving God. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to, and just forgive our sin and clean us from all righteousness. We have to believe that on today. Yes, we do. We, we need have that. to believe that on today. Diego, believe it that morning, right? Yes, he did. And yep. I'm very grateful and thankful for my son's salvation. As you left the church that day, tell me about that conversation with you and Diego. It was just something different about him. He yes. just looked so happy that moment. Yep. He was just so happy. He was just, I mean, I never saw Diego that happy that day. I mean, he was just so happy. Yes. The next day, Sean, something tragically happened across the street from the church. Can you back up a little bit and explain what took place that day? Well, uh, the very next the very next day, because he gave his heart to Christ uh, April 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was on that Sunday. And then the very next day, I know uh, just being a teacher, I had sat down and, and uh, I was, you know, beginning to, to grade papers and Mary uh, rushed in and um, she was like, uh, Diego, Diego, I didn't know exactly what was going on, so I jumped up and I ran down uh, to Carol's house because she lives a few houses down from us, and uh, and she wasn't there. And I saw her next to the oldest son, I uh, was well, next to you know, the third child. I saw I saw him, and I think he said they're at the church. So I, I ran back and I, I jumped in the car, and once I jumped in the car and I drove up uh, a few blocks up to where the church is, and. Um, and that's when, when I got out of the car, uh, the first person I saw was Diego's uh, little brother. And I, and, and, and it's okay, man. And when I saw him, the first thing he said was that my brother's dead. Oh. So that's when I walked on up and I saw Carol. I couldn't imagine, you know, what she was going through at that time. He was standing up at the store across the street. Someone uh, walked up and uh, shot and uh, and killed him. There, across the street from the across the street from the church. God so, bless you, Miss so, Carol. Yeah. And so you were there soon after the shooting took place. No, uh, one of his friends came and got me. Uh, one of the ladies down the street came and and got me. But I knew something was wrong that moment because his friend was crying. Yes. And he said, Miss Brown, he said, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And I like what? He said, uh, they just killed Diego. And, and, and that's when I rushed back in the truck with her and we went to the store. And I, I went up there, but they wouldn't let me by. And I just saw his uh, body laying by the store. God bless you, Miss Carol. Uh, and and there was, was there any 
did the police discover why or what took place? Was it a was it a robbery or no details of what happened? No, it's been a lot of things been was saying about that. It was a fifteen year old girl came and she was sent out by the older guy, and he the one told her to go up to the store and shoot my son. I'm so sorry. Uh, you said something in the beginning of our conversation, Miss Carol. You said it's never too late, and you also said that you prayed. You kept praying. And, I kept praying and praying and praying and put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And, and he answered that prayer with Diego, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he, yes, did. he did. So we know where Diego is now, and he's waiting for you. And, uh, amen, and, uh, amen, and glory, waiting for me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> He's waiting for all of us. Yes. Uh, in your relationship with Christ, what has happened in your relationship with Christ as a result of going through this tragic experience? Well, since that, that that day, I mean, God's been my comfort. I mean, I mean, well, what they have needed this tragedy right now, I use this tragedy to share Jesus to get him the glory through this. And I thank God that my prayer was in vain. I didn't know it was in vain. Yes. Well, it wasn't in vain. It wasn't. And that story's being shared with many listeners today. And that's why we're so grateful that you were willing to come and share Diego's story. And we offer this program, as I said, as a tribute to the life of Diego Brown. Hopefully the story will help save some others and encourage some other moms that have been praying for their children yes. that have gone wayward and they need to know Jesus, Sean. Yeah, and that's by God's grace that uh, we know that the, the date, his date was uh, April 3rd. Uh, but it's by God's grace that April 2nd. Yes, Eternity is a long time. And she, you know, we pray for him. Eternity is a long time. But on April 2nd, he stood up. I remember him coming up there, and I asked him. I said, so you're saying you're surrendering your life to follow Christ, Diego. Is that what you're doing? He's like, yes, sir. I said, so you're saying you're going to give your heart to Christ? You're going to give your life away to him, Diego? That's what you're saying? He said, yes, sir. So even though uh, that uh, he died, he was shot and killed the very next day, but it was by the grace of God, yes. right, that, yes. that, that, he, that he gave his heart to Christ throughout eternity uh, and that his mom going to see him again because this is a prayer warrior. God has radically changed his, uh, Carol's life. She goes out, shares the gospel, tells people about Christ, yes. and has given her the strength yes. all right, to deal with such a loss but still grow. God bless thank you, Christ. Sean, Miss Carol, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys coming and sharing. We're out of time. We, we're going to have to say goodbye. And I also want to say this, Sean, you and your family, the school teaching job you had, you felt God leading you to quit that job so that you could be full-time pastor and full-time minister in the Binghampton community to see more life change. Hopefully others won't have to face the demise that Diego faced yes, sir. through being shot. Thankful that he faced the opportunity to receive salvation in knowing Jesus. So if folks want more information about Binghampton Community Church, maybe how they can support the work that you're doing in the community, how can they reach out to you? All right. Uh, I know we've, uh, my kids, they're producing it, but we're, we started, like, uh, it's called Life in the Hemp. Uh, so it's a YouTube channel that they're producing. Uh, and uh, within that YouTube channel, you will see a link of where you can go to support our family because we know that uh, by God's grace, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added and through prayer and through wise counsel, we just felt we need to spend more time in the community. Yes. So life in the hemp. So is there an email address? or Yeah, email is sabram316 at gmail.com. Okay, or contact me here at the station. That is all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Friends, thanks for listening and thanks for watching on Facebook. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Amen. Mm-hmm.